Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled The Time to Harvest. It was written by Brian Sammons, Charles P. Ziglanis, Glenn Owen Barras, and Mike Mason, and it's available on the Chaosium website. Jeff Wilkins is our game master, and this is Chapter 4, Episode 7. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Next time. So a brief little recap. Last week we had some interesting information. Well, first we started the episode off by you guys were continuing your exploration out in the woods by the Broken Hill. Um, didn't necessarily gain any additional information. You checked out the cave entrance under the water. Uh, Tug, you kind of heroically risked your life to find out, but didn't really give you much information. So around midday, you decided to move on, and you went and talked to the old crazy farmer, Mr. Kuzro, I think his name was. And he gave you quite an air full of stories and folklore and strange goings in those woods out there behind his farm field. Uh, one of which which in fact I think is how we ended it, was that Jasper, you were standing by the stone altar and you suddenly realized that you were standing in a gigantic two or three foot wide hoof print. Which needless to say, set you guys all a little bit on edge and you decided to skedaddle out of there. Um, so I think I think what we can do now is we'll just pick up where you guys arrive back to the house around dinner time. Um, and then what we can start off with is just, uh, you know, talk about your day or what you experienced, what your plans are, that sort of thing. Would you say we get back by eight o'clock? Yeah, I think so. Let's say that um, mid to late September, it's starting to get dark a little bit earlier. Um, so we'll just play it like, you know, the sun's setting as you're coming in the, the front door. Um, um, now we, we kind of guessed that tonight is the new moon. So if something's gonna happen, it's gonna happen tonight. We've got hours before it happens. Now do we want to, uh, pull all of our stuff together and uh, go back or if we can get our equipment and stuff. I don't, I don't like the idea of, of going back there half cocked. But, I mean, he, he said I mean, we've don't got four hours. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of odd though that we, we turn up there and it just happens to be on the day it's happening like they, they knew we were coming. Well, like we've been sent here for this. You don't think Abelard knows about this and he sent us here as, as bait. Really well, let's talk about Abelard for a minute. He's a very wealthy man and he wants something. We, we were told that he wants revenge for his kid. But a man like that wants power. And he sent us out here into dangerous territory. He wants he wants to know what's going on. I don't know. Something about the whole thing seems fishy. 
he had the doctor torture that poor animal to death. Well, let's, I mean, let's look at it logically. We're, we're a bunch of college kids. Right. You know, we're a bunch of fellows from the college. And do, do you think that he sent us here because he just thinks we're expendable? Probably. He probably thinks everybody's expendable. He's paid all of these people to be here. Uh, thank you. I just wish we knew enough to know some way of, of protecting ourselves from these things. I think Sorry. The thing, no, it's okay. I think the thing I'm more concerned about, Tug, is we, well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm gone, I was gone in for the Mego, and I know we're supposed to catch one and we're supposed to bring it back alive. But we just saw something up in those woods. Oh, crap. We're having a storm. Up in those them there woods. That there's something on the roof again. Was that a storm or was that the roof? <laughs> um, that well, here's you saw the you saw the the footprints um, round that stone. The giant the stone. goat. No, no, the other ones that looked like that could be the young, the young kids. You yeah. know, involved involved in this ritual. So. Uh, I thought we were going to go and find something to do with Amigo up here, but there's some other, that, I don't even know if that was a, a footprint or a hoof print, but Jasper was standing right in it, and it's huge. And it all rings something in my head that I can't remember. I just don't know what we're dealing with anymore. If we if we were at Miskatonic, I think I would know right where to go to look for yeah, I wish, wish Armitage was here. He's supposed to know all about all that. I think we need to go up there and get Team B to come up and be ready nearby and take everything we've got. But I think it might be the youngsters. Is there any place that we could get that would be far enough away that we could watch with binoculars that in the dark, they would never see us out there. You know, we could be 300 feet away, 400 feet away. Now it's in this, it's in the woods, but are there any hills or anything nearby that we, from the top of which we could look down or. Just as you ask that question, uh, you hear the sound of rain starting to hit the roof. Oh. It's coming down pretty good. Mm. Which is a little strange because when you were coming home, you didn't necessarily see a cloudy sky. Maybe they can seed clouds like they do out in the Midwest. Maybe. Who knows what aliens can do? Just their abilities. Things. I'm trying to debate. I would like to ask you guys a question, but I don't want it to influence your thinking. So I'm trying to. I mean, the rain and the, the noise from the rain and everything, if we don't mind getting wet, that's pretty good at covering up our, our presence out there. 
we could actually, even if we made noise as we were walking through the forest, nobody would hear it with the rain. I just don't know what we should do. Um, let's see, Danny. I'm going to ask it to you this way. Could you sort of recount to me, not necessarily in detail, but from what Kuzra told you what's going on in the woods behind his farm field, could you kind of give me a recap as to how you, how you, what are your thoughts on his story? Well, as I remember, he kind of made out the light witches. He doesn't trust any of the townspeople, was really what he said to us. He made up that they got up to no good. Um, I didn't really understand. I know he's afraid of vampires. I didn't know what the connection was with the vampires and what's going on in the woods. But um, uh, Let me interrupt you. I'll just say... Uh, when you were out there, I'm pretty sure you did spot hit. I don't even think you did, had to roll, but it was pretty obvious. There was lots of blood on the altar. So. There was blood, yeah. Uh, he told us there was something. When we told him about what we had killed and encountered, he said, well, that's not what I've seen. So he's obviously seen something sneaking about in the woods. I don't know. It's it's all kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Yeah, I I, I realize I'm kind of putting you on the spot too. Um, how about Jasper Tug? Do you have anything you can add to that? And I'm curious if you like hit upon what my question is. Well, didn't he say he could hear he could hear kids out there, hmm. and he could hear screaming? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. How did you interpret that? Well, I just imagine the little kids dancing around the altar, maybe murdering somebody, another kid. Um, conjuring some giant goat. Okay. Right, that's what I was after, so we can... Yeah, he, he was very clear on the, the giant goat thing. That's, that's for sure. And he also said that he's never seen anything. He's only heard it. Is that correct? As I recall? Yeah. Yeah, he pretty much, you know, at nighttime, he shuts all the windows and doors and he doesn't go into the woods at night. Which makes me even wonder if they have like a bonfire, because if they if they had a bonfire, he might have seen that. But if they just do this in the pitch darkness, did he not say something about hearing buzzing, or was that something else? You know how that buzzing noise that the Migo seemed to make. I don't remember that. That's fine. Um, I actually can't remember either. I think actually you, you did ask that and he, he didn't know what you were talking about. Right. It was, uh, yeah. Jerry asked him about it. Uh, so we look at, 
Here, here's what I'm trying to wrap my head around. The Migo came and visited us at the house. There's something there, something going on at the woods. I, I think that's Team B getting in touch. Um, the Migo were trying to get rid of all the evidence of you know how the books back at the university, you know, right. get, get rid of all the books, remove the evidence. Are they trying to encourage belief in this place in Cobb's Corner? Or is there nothing to do with this stuff in the woods? Is it something different or is it the same thing? You know, there's a lot of things going on here because we believe that the Migo are living in the hills, but we've mm -hmm. also seen a strange gateway open up that we could see through it into another world. And we've got demons in the basement and we've got molemen in the woods and we've got children acting strange. There's a whole bunch of different things. None of them might be related or maybe they're all somehow distantly related to one another. Is, is Cobb's Corner some kind of next Focus point, yeah, nexus point where all of these things are happening. That would explain the, the, the doorway. Maybe there's ley lines all pointing to this exact, or ley lines pointing all to this spot. I don't know. I can't work it out, but it, I always feel like, we feel like we're getting somewhere really close and, and there's, there's this other something. Right. We're, we might be confusing two or three or four different things that are going on. We still need to capture one. But I think, I think we know that there are Miko. Well, we do know there are Miko. But I think there might also be some sort of a cult of children of all yeah. strange things. Do you think the Miko might be involved in the cult as well? Maybe. But I seems like a, a bit too much of a coincidence for them not to be. Oddly, my impression of those Miko is they're like space aliens from another planet. I don't think that they would be worshipping anything, dancing naked around an altar, or that just seems like folk. You, you said something a, a few times. People have said something about a portal. Mm. Maybe that's just how all of these things are getting here. Maybe. Yeah, that's what. Where else? That's what I'm wondering as well now. Because when we were here before, I just assumed it was the same thing. What if the the alien? What, what if the Migo? They said they came from another planet, but how do they get here? Maybe they have a portal and they go through the portal, and all of these other things, just came through because they weren't paying attention and they just walked through. It's like a door, right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, maybe it's not something that can be open and opened and closed at will. Maybe it's a natural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And it just happens when it happens. And when it happens, anything near it can just come through. If, if, if it is different things, guys, well, two things could happen tonight. If the Migo are nothing to do with the woods, and this is the young people of the town trying to call up spirits or do crazy stuff, then 
the Amigo might be back attacking attacking here like they visited, was it last night? I think it was just tonight before. Yeah, night, yeah. yeah, like they visited last night and then we could be away in the woods and they're here. I don't know. We need to maybe decide what we want to do tonight. Do we shore up and protect the homestead? Keep an eye out or do we do something else? From what the old farmer said, this is, sounds like this is our only chance to see this thing happening if we want to go and see it. Now, I, I, if we're going to do it, I, I favour Tug's idea of, of trying to be as discreet and as far away from it as we possibly can. With uh, binoculars. Now it'll only it'll only work of course if they light a bonfire of some sort, which is good timing because just then Jerry comes in from visiting the outhouse in the back, and just from that short visit out to the outhouse and back again, he's soaking wet, so it's it's pouring rain out there. So you've uh, finally decided to uh, make up your minds and go see what there is to see. I think that's what we're gonna do. We think the rain and the and the storm and everything will cover us up pretty well so that nobody will hear us or, or notice us. Or, or get us completely soaked. <laughs> so the thing is, if... Just water. If, if what Danny said is, is right, though, if that turns out to be what's going down, then really we'd need to have the B team here rather than with us. Yeah, I mean Sounds that's not fine. that's that's reasonable. Bring the B team into camp just in case something happens. It kind of leaves us on on our own out there, but I, su I suppose there there are plenty of the the guns and things. Haven't you guys ever gone on a snipe hunt? It's fun. Right. Well, I've. I... It's fun when everyone else but you expects to find a snap. Well, yeah, that's the poor victim of your game, but sneaking around in the dark is, is fun. Well, I wonder who the uh, intended victim is here. It's raining cats and dogs. Huh. <laughs> well... I think that they've moved on from cats and dogs now, Jasper. Let's uh, so we'll let's get our gear together, whatever we're going to get. Tell everybody what we're going to do, so that if we all die tonight, they'll know where to find our bodies. I think I'm I'm going to leave um, Rex behind here. He probably won't want to go out in the rain anyway. If, if there are strange things in the woods and they start turning up and last thing we we want is him barking at it and, and giving the game away. Oh, yeah. All right. From what you just what, said, to what? Ben, was that discussion held privately, or were you in, including, like, Sam and Larry? And Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was quite an open discussion, wasn't it? We Maybe Sam, but, you know, they're all... I don't well, Sam, Sam came back with us, didn't he? So yeah. I'm assuming Sam is still with us. 
Oh, right, right. Yep, he was with you. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon by now they're expecting us? I'm sorry, say that again, Jerry? Do you all reckon that by now they might be expecting us? Oh, I don't know. How could they? The only one who knows is the old man, and I don't think he's on their side. I mean more if they uh, expect that we're halfway decent at uh, this investigation. They might think that uh, by now someone will be headed their way. Probably not, but I think you're wise, Jasper, to leave Rex behind. So, um, yes. Sam? I think it's for the best. Sam's going to speak up. Um, he's going to say, what do you guys think about the fact that, like, what do we hope to gain from this, and how does it really help our mission? Well, we're trying to get down, to get, get, trying to find out what the hell's going on. We don't know if this is related or not, but it might be. You heard Mr. Kuzler say that he heard uh, the buzzing and the metallic voices. We might uh, stand more chance finding one of them here. I thought he said than, he didn't uh, hear them. Up there. I remembered him hearing kids yelling and screaming and stuff, but... The more, the more I think about it, guys, the more I am coming to the conclusion that what's happening up in the woods is different to what's maybe coming out in a minute. I think this is something different. I think we saw those kids skin a cat, wasn't it? Well, we didn't see it, but... Oh, no, the, the, the teacher. teacher did, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, the teacher told us about it. So... I think yeah. they're influenced by the evil atmosphere here. Sorry, Jeff. No, it's, that's my fault. Uh, Jasper, can you do an idea roll? An idea. I'm just going to plant a seed. Oh, 40 out of 70. That's a that's a pass. Ah, you broke your string of bad dice roll last okay. week. Don't, don't jinx it. <laughs> that's my job. Um, I'm just going to plant the seed. Um, Based on what you were told by the farmer and everything else that you know about what's going on in this town, which granted is scatter, scatter shot, um, the screaming and the yelling of the children out in the woods, the signs of blood on the altar. Tug mentioned that it's possibly the children are doing this, causing this, is it possible that it's the other way around? Is somebody doing it to the children? You know, that would make more sense. What well, would make more sense, Jasper? It would make more sense if the screaming was coming from children being sacrificed rather than children doing the sacrificing. And, and and we we were being told before about the children having um, an unusual number of accidents around here. I, I, I can't help but wonder whether that... Well, that would mean practically the whole uh, village would have to be 
involved in child sacrifice in order to uh, maybe would that be so far-fetched if it if it permeates every aspect of it if there are things coming through well, if they, then if they are hundreds of years and then you know, the, the, the local indians po population talked about it there is ancient stones up there there are the migo flying around and and uh, strange disappearances odd behaviors of people There's, if they are jasper then all these things i mean they must know if they are jasper then either the children all know as well and uh, are displacing their own expectation of sacrifice onto the local cats. Maybe. Or, well, yeah, they maybe. Might just, Jerry, they might just be doing what they've been seen, what they've seen happen to them. Maybe. In which case, the school teacher is probably the high priestess. Yeah, but she didn't seem to be on their side. She wouldn't have told us anything. Uh, at some point, Tug, you kind of glance over at Larry, who's sort of been on the edge of all of this listening. <laughs> and he looks like two shades whiter than he normally is. Like he's, he had a rough night last night. And now hearing your discussions, in other words, Larry was sort of brought in as the mechanic he, he knows why you're here. He knows, you know, the background of the Migo and the, quote, alien life forms and all that. But you guys are sort of talking about this whole, uh, uh, the, the children and cults and blood. And, and it's just like, he just looks shaking. Larry, you okay? You look a little peaked. This, this is some weird shit. Yeah, he, he gets up, uh, he, look, he checks his waistband, and he takes out a pistol, and he looks at the pistol, checks it, opens it, makes sure it's loaded, closes it back up, puts it back in his waistband, and he grabs one of the uh, chairs from the kitchen, and he brings it over to the radio, and he just sort of, like, plops the chair down next to the radio, plops himself down next to it, and sort of leans back in his chair, and like, I think I'll be staying here tonight, gentlemen. Yeah, we were thinking about inviting the, uh, the mercenaries into camp during the night tonight, just in case. Station uh, outside. Sam's going to step in and say, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's not, that would be against their orders. Um, I mean, we can still do it and we can try it, but. Well, Sam, you're in charge of security. You make the decision on that. But we were attacked last night, so. All right. So, I'll say you guys finish dinner. The conversation is going on. Uh, the rain's continuing to come down like cats and dogs. Um. Do we really want to go out of this rain? I mean. I know I'm him. I'm I'm havering between two things, but I'm not sure what we should do. I, I think it could be a muddy mire up there. It's true. But, could be. We're going to get filthy and wet, and maybe. Well, it's summer, so it's probably not freezing rain. But 
I can scarcely believe that uh, after fishmen, flying bugmen, the other thing that I normally don't like to refer to, what you're mainly considering being deterred by is the weather. It's not just that. It's, we're, we're, we have to be practical about this. How are we going to get out there? We can't like go walking out there with flashlights. They'll see us coming 10 miles away. I mean, I was hoping that we could have maybe camped out and seen stuff, but we really should have, is, yeah. We should have stayed there, although by now I suppose we uh, would be sodden and still hours <clears throat> awaiting the uh, ceremony. Uh, Jeff, uh, do I think that uh, we can find our way without flashlights? I mean, we've made the journey there and we've made the journey back. Uh, well, obviously, it'll be very dark with no moon and with rain clouds. But yeah, it'll be do I think fun. we could make it? I would answer that by saying that when Kuzra told you how to get there before, right, he told you there was a small path and then it wasn't really much of a path to begin with. It was more like a deer trail. And and I'll remind you that you guys in broad daylight got lost. Yeah. Okay, All so right. now, now we're going to be at nighttime and now we're going to be pouring rain. Um, you don't want to use flashlights. Um, yeah, the more we talk about it, the, the less it's probable it seems that we can actually do this. But... but we won't be f trying to find the place without another queue. Uh, there will presumably be the uh, deranged cackling and whatever other unholy sounds they're making. Yeah, that's that doesn't show you if there's a tree root or something at your foot that you're about to break your leg on in the pitch darkness. Okay. In the wet, muddy pitch darkness. I don't think we can do this. As you guys are talking, the uh, you know the uh, uh, alarm system you kind of have set up with the uh -huh. wires and the tin cans? The tin cans in the front room start moving and jiggling. Maybe the storm? Should we check? Uh, I'm, I, uh, as soon as I hear it, I'm stealthily headed. Uh-uh toward the front room. I think I was still sort of half coming from outside, still armed, so... I'm stealthily heading stealth that way. Tommy gun. <laughs> okay. I'm just I, don't know, I don't know how to use it, but I'm just going to go and pick it up because it makes me feel a little bit safer <laughs> to hold it. I think I would just want to immediately identify where that alarm's coming from, what direction it is, and like, Larry, where's that? What, what's happening? Sam, yeah. Sam, where's, where's that yeah, Larry line coming jumped. Larry jumps. He looks confused. He says, "That's it. That's out on the side." No, wait. No, that's the one. And Sam looks at it, and he's like, "That's the one, I think, on the front side." Um, Have we got some lights rigged up? I can't remember. Or lights that we can switch on. There's there's a big switch that you hooked up so that you can turn on the lights if you want. Yeah. Okay. So they light up the perimeter at the house lights up. Um, I should have asked this before. Do you guys have a system set up for the windows? Uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but they were basically reinforced. So like 
you could shut the shutters. They were reinforced wood and you could, you know, lock them basically. Do you have a habit of doing that at nighttime or would you leave them open? I think often after last night, definitely. I, th I would be surprised if they'd even been open since last night. Okay. All right. So the lights come on, maybe through cracks here and there. You can definitely see the lights are on, but you can't necessarily see anything right at this second. Once I pull that lever, I'm running to the door to peek out the door and maybe saying, hey, Jerry, get your rifle. Even with the lat on, you uh, didn't notice it. I must, uh, I must be even subtler than I thought. Uh, Jeff, uh, have I, uh, at, before Danny got there, did I hear anything? Or if I, uh, the front door was closed, right? I probably wouldn't have opened it without listening more closely. So did I hear anything when I stealthed into the front room? Could you do a listen roll for me? Well, yes, but I can't hear anything because <laughs> I rolled an 89. Okay. Uh, um, I was actually just getting ready to, to actually ask Tug to do a lesson roll, too. So. A 19. Nice. Nice. Listen, hold on. So, Tug, oh. you kind of. <laughs> was it 20? Yeah, my listen is 20. Okay. So you kind of um, sort of have a coolness about you at this point. You know, the, the alarm went off, Larry looks shaken, the, everyone's sort of like, and you just kind of stand up from the table and you're like taking it all in. Mm -hmm. And right on the edge of your hearing, <laughs> uh, you think you hear uh, like a muffled kind of a, a scream and then like moaning. Did any of you guys hear that? Somebody yelled out, was it like a man scream? Uh, Danny and Jasper, you can roll listen to see if you retroactive, like now that he pointed it out. No, no, I didn't hear it, Tug. Where did it come from? Uh, outside. Outside? What yeah. direction did it sounded like one of our one of our guards might have just been knocked out. Hold on, so I, I run to the door, and uh, my knife, and I open the door, and I I look at uh, sorry Tom the front door or the back door front door, okay, and I'm I'm listening to see if I can hear anybody moaning. Okay, Jeff, when um, he opens the front door, I don't bother listening, but I I want to see if I can spot anything visually. Okay. The first thing you see, this is to both of well, actually all of you, whoever's looking out the front door. The first thing you see is that the floodlights that are mounted outside are shining. Uh, did you ever turn your high beams on when it's pouring yeah. rain? Yeah. Yeah. And it actually like cuts your vision down. Right. Yeah. You no. Know, right. The, the rain interferes with the. Sure. So that's kind of what you're, when you first open the door, that's what you're faced with, right? It's okay. very, very bright. The rain's coming down, the light's reflecting off of the rain, and it's really difficult to see beyond more than like 10 feet. Okay. So I'm trying to listen really hard to see if I hear where the moaning's coming. Do uh, I still hear moaning? 
I'm going to ask you to roll again. Uh, normally I wouldn't, but because of the rain, now it's like hitting the roof. Uh, sure. So it's kind of making it hard to hear. 14. Okay. There's a very faint moaning. From a direction? Uh, as you're looking out the front door, it would be off to your left, like uh, 45 degree off to your left. Okay. Um, with knife in hand, um, I move off the porch a little into the mud and rain to see if I can see somebody down. Tug, what are you doing? We can hardly see. There's somebody down. Stay there. I'll come with you, Tug. I want to back him up because I don't think he's safe with just a knife. Well, of course he's not. It's not safe, Father. One of you, you don't, you can hardly tell what you're hearing out there. It could be. I think I'm seeing myself almost almost like putting my hand on Tug's shoulder and I've got my pistol out, kind of following him. Now, I'm hugely, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just going to say I'm hugely emboldened by the fact that I'm holding the Tommy gun. <laughs> I don't know how to fire a Tommy gun, but I've seen some films can, with um, can you even Cagney in. I love that. He's can a little you... guy like me, and he had no trouble with it. So, Jasper, can you even lift that? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to move about 15 feet so that I'm getting close to the perimeter where there's some traps, but I'm not going to be foolish enough. I want to look and see if, if like, like the pitfall trap, if somebody fell into it. Uh, you said something earlier, Tug. I want to come back to what you said. You said something about maybe it's the guards. Right. Maybe it's uh, one of the soldiers or somebody out here. I don't know if somebody was out here watching. Uh, all your whole team is, has been in the house with you. Okay. So it was a stupid like thing for me to think, but I, I, that's what I was thinking. Okay. I think it's a soldier's down. Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, uh, Jeff, I have a, I'm aiming in their direction. Sure. <laughs> or prepared to aim in that direction, not right at them, of course. Uh, can I see them? Back. Can I still see them clearly? Yeah, Danny's got a big target on his back. Big red circle, red, white. Do I... Uh, do I see anything? You um, are cautiously moving forward. It's raining. You're already soaked, right? Just we've only been out there. Yeah, yeah I'm soaked. Tug, we are all in the house. What difference does it make who's out there? Danny's got his hand on your shoulder. It's giving you a little bit of uh, courage. And you think there's something moving down on the ground up ahead of you. Okay. I'm going to move cautiously forward, avoiding any traps that might be there. Yep. As you think about it, you're pretty sure you're walking like straight towards one of those traps. Okay. Like a bear trap? Maybe somebody's caught a bear trap? Watch your feet, Tug. Watch your feet. That stuff might have moved a bit. Got him. And as you get closer, it's still kind of a dark lump, and it's sort of going like this on the ground. Okay. Um, but it's definitely humanoid shape. Did any of you bring your flashlight? I left mine inside. No, I'm, I'm no, no, I'm freaked out. There's something right over there. Give me a flashlight. Can we do a spot hidden to see if it is actually human shaped or something else shaped? <laughs> Uh, uh, or, or just get close enough to see that. Yeah, I'm just going to say you, you you are inching your way closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, what can I see from the door? Yeah, it's it's really difficult for you. The, the rain and the spotlights is really a hindrance. 
Am I losing sight of Tug and Danny? No, I don't think so. They're still within what I would guess okay. call the, the cone of light, you know, so like you okay. can see their shapes and everything. It's kind of like where the light uh, fades off is where it's the most difficult. Um, at some point, you, Danny and Tug, you start to creep closer and closer. Well, I'm, I'm probably going to say something, too. Yep. Who are you? And you hear a voice, and he's moaning, and he says, help me. What the hell, are... what the hell's going on? What? Who is it? Who are you? What's your name? Oh, my gosh. Jeff, can I hear anything? Can I tell they're talking to somebody? Yeah, you can hear. You can definitely hear uh, talk. You can hear. They're kind of. You can Damn definitely it. hear Tug and Danny. All right, I uh, I'm gonna stealth uh, in their direction. I'm gonna try to uh, you know stay to in, in the darkest place I can, or in such a way that someone might be also blinded by the light and the rain. But I do want to get close enough to them to see who they're talking to and possibly shoot them. So if that's possible. Steady on. Yeah, it's preacher John. He just happened to be wandering over here and said we were all okay and. It's a pizza delivery man. I say. Oh, I forgot I ordered. <laughs> uh, finally. It's Eddie the pizza guy. It's Don't shoot him. It's Mr. Wendell. Richard Wendell. Oh shit. It's Wendell. What's what's he doing out in this weather? And just just to remind you in case anybody's struggling, he's the reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, an idea. He's the he's the one that we thought might be. Uh, you know. What are you doing coming out in this weather, you idiot? He's um, he's actually you've trapped him. Yeah, yeah. Danny, Danny, you stay there. I'm gonna. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna wind my way over to where he is. He's Mr. Wendell. That's his name. You wind yourself to Lars Wendell. Is he in a bear trap? It's actually not the bear trap. It's one of the uh, like the the pits with the um, sticks. Oh, we actually put punji sticks. Punji sticks. That's a horrible, horrible death. You're gonna die. I'm sorry. <laughs> Danny just shouts back to Jerry and lets him know what's happening. Well, I yeah, Jeff. Have I heard some or all of this? Uh, maybe not the exact words, but you can hear. Yeah. The, so I, I go ahead and approach. Okay. Uh, I assume I see Mr. Wendell in the pit. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm uh, going to get on the edge of the pit, and I'm going to reach down with my hand to help him, to pull him out. I whisper to Tug, this will make a good story for his paper. Oh, yeah, how he was almost killed by our stupid traps out here. So I'm, I'm going to pull him out. He's, um, let's see. He's probably injured. He's definitely hurt. Uh, he's grabbing. He's grabbing a hold of his knee, uh, like he's twisted his knee or twisted, it, sprained his ankle. Uh, so he's definitely hurt. And he, he kind of like he's a combination of scared, hurt, and angry. Hopefully, the rain washed all that feces off of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go on, Tugger. I'll help you carry him in. Well, on. at least he's out of the pit. Mr. Wendell has freedom. Ah, ha, 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 ha. All right, come on. I, I pull him up. Uh, Danny, help me. We'll, we'll patch we'll up, Mr. Wendell. Don't worry. Come on. And Wendell is just now realizing that you're armed, Danny. And that tug, you had a knife. What were you doing out here? So we're, we're, we're walking through the rain back to the house. Back to the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm following them. I'm behind them, Mr. Uh, uh, they're helping him walk, right? Yeah. He's yeah. kind of got like an arm over tug and tug. All right. Him. I'm behind them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wendell's, <laughs> he's angry. He's upset. And when, but when you ask him, what are you doing out here? You've caught him off guard. What do you, yeah. what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm investigating. You're investigating in the middle of the night in the pouring rain? You're snipping around. That's what you're doing. But we'll fix you up, don't worry. So you're what? Up. How are your, investigating, how are your investigations going? What did you find in that pit? <laughs> Anything useful? Some nice spikes, perhaps? What are you looking for out here, Mr. Wendell? Are you saying that, Jasper, as you're holding a time again? <laughs> That's right, copper. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was saying it, see? It's gone to my head a bit, see? Yeah. Yeah, right. so you're a smart guy, eh? Let's, uh... What I'm getting at is that Wendell is now also, you know, everything that just happened, he's now face-to-face -face with a young college kid with a Tommy gun. Yeah. Young college kid with a Tommy gun who really wishes he had some cigars. Do you know what? I, th I think we should use this to our advantage and traumatize some truth out of him. I did ask him, Jeff, uh, Mr. Wendell, what were you looking for out here? I'm just trying to see what you guys are all up to out here. It's been very... Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're very sorry we, uh, we missed dinner. That uh, would have been... Uh, well, we, we planned to... Uh, have a detailed conversation with you, but, uh, you know, it's been a long week. How does he react? What do you, what just happened to me? Why do you have a pit? <clears throat> All right, let's we'll, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's get you. So, uh, Jeff, uh, I realize that rolling psychology on somebody who's come out of a bear trap might come with a penalty, or a pit trap might come with a penalty, but I did just say something that would be totally contrary to the memories of the Mr. Wendell we know. So did he look even momentarily confused or maybe he's in too much pain? I mean, I usually fail these checks, but hey, why not? You're, you're trying uh, to tr trick him into revealing that he's Amigo. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, but I failed the check. Obviously, uh, he doesn't have a suspicious look on his face other than a look of uh, pain and confusion. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, so I'm going to if he's if he if we've cut if his leg's been cut, then you know we're gonna have to help him out of his pants and get the first aid kit. And I'm I'm kind of angry and I'm also filthy, so. But we gotta I, catch him up first. I guess I'll help uh, with the first aid, and while helping with the first aid, I'll uh, just be sure he hasn't suffered any head injuries falling into the pit. No, he seems okay there. No, no, uh, no, uh, 
cranial incisions. <laughs> okay. No, nothing obvious. Okay. Listen, Richard. You you had best after we patch you up. I can't sit you out in, the, in, in this stuff, but in the morning when you leave, you had best just not think about what's going on out here. You'll probably find out about it someday, but the more you know, the more danger that you're in. What does that mean? What What do you mean? What kind of danger? Just you don't need to know that. That's what I'm saying. I don't want you to get more hurt. You have no idea what's going on here. Do you think this is just a bunch of college kids playing pranks on stuff? Yeah, and when you when you say that and do that, he he notices now the strings of cans that you've got rigged up, and the, you know he's, he's taking it all in. He sees Jasper with the Tommy gun again, and it, he's just. He's very confused. Unless, of course, there's something you know about uh, what goes on in this town that you haven't volunteered, Mr. Wendell, in which case maybe it was worth your falling into a pit to come and tell us about it. No, he, he's he's starting to get angry, angry again. Like, you know, you guys dug that trap that I fell into. I yeah, and you came snooping around in the bad weather. <laughs> well, that's right, Mr. Wendell, and so if you, if you know anything worth knowing, then perhaps you can learn more from us and we can learn more from you. But if you don't know anything, then you should probably be glad of that and follow Tug's kind advice. Uh, collectively... Because I'm I've, I'm sort of playing the NPCs as, as far as Sam and Larry and uh, but you guys tell me are you sort of do you want them to just keep their mouths shut? Um, I'm not thinking about them one way or the other. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm probably about a step away from mechanically having to roll an intimidate check, which is not my usual uh, method. Okay. Uh, I I I well. Even without an intimidate check, I'm, I'm just going to say to them, "Look, I say, outside we're trying to protect ourselves, and you show up in the middle of the night in a rainstorm in the dark. That rings of spy. So I don't know that you're not a spy. spy? I don't know that you are a spy. spy. Like like government spy, like Russians. What are we? What are you talking about? I didn't say anything about the Russians. Can I intimidate with that? <laughs> Do I need to make an intimidate roll? Oh, yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding a Tommy gun. <laughs> I surely, surely like, it, it goes to that saying, if you're holding a Tommy gun, <laughs> you're just intimidating, aren't you? Are you trying to be intimidating? No, I, but I'm trying to sort of, actually at the moment, if anything, I'm trying to avoid the urge to just go, says you, whenever he says anything. <laughs> While at the same time being quite a skinny little kid, so like, struggling to hold this rather heavy gun. <laughs> it's getting heavier, heavier by the minute. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. 
but Tug, that that was your intent, though, right? You were. That was my intent to to make him think that this could be something government going on here, and and he better just shut up and not talk. Danny, do you want to react to that anyway, or are you just kind of? Uh, I I don't know what to think right now. I mean, my first my my first instinct is that he's a spy for the Meagle. Um, the fact that he's kind of getting angry, I don't know if that's him just playing a game or if he's genuinely, you know, because he seemed confused, then he seemed angry. You know, a spy would maybe try and cover I really don't know, but I feel like, you know, I feel like we should be intimidating him, but that could backfire if he goes to the police. Well, it also seems that we're going to have to tie him up. Oh, did you say that out loud? No, well, I'm thinking that, but I, I, I don't see any other way out of it, because... Uh, how does he react when uh, Tug says something about Russians? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Uh, so, Tug, you kind of, like, lean in and say that, you know, with the right. intent of Timmy. And he's, he's like, looking at you, and he's still scatterbrained, you know, he's still soaked. He's, and when he, like, looks up and he sees, like, you, like, staring at him mm -hmm. with that, like, hidden hidden meaning... His eyes kind of go wide open. It's like, what? You mean there's spies in Cobb's corner? You're the one who brought up the Russians, Mr. Wendell. What do you think? I don't know what to think. You've put us in a really, really bad position here, Mr. Wendell. To say nothing, to say nothing an, of an yourself. Invidious, an invidious uh, position. I, I chip in remembering a spelling bee I had when I was 11. Yeah. What he said. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Now you've seen all this. And he, he looks around like, well, what, what have I seen? What are you doing? You don't want to know. The more we tell you, the worse position you're in. You're talking like a spy. And if you're a spy, we're going to have to deal with you. He looks over and he sees Larry. Larry's got the microphone in his hand. He's not using it. Right. Like He's kind of like holding it like he's ready to at a moment's notice. And he looks at Larry and he's like, what do you got? You guys got a radio here too? Mr. Wendell. I think you should stop asking questions now, but if there's anything that you know about this locality that you did not volunteer before, I you probably, know. well then, you're not really serving much of a purpose to be here, and it really isn't much of an act of good faith for you to uh, come searching around uh, private property for no particular stated reason other than that you were curious. So we might be at somewhat of an impasse here. Is there... I, I look over at the other shaking my head and I'm like, I hope, Mr. Wendell, you're completely innocent in all of this, in which case you're going to be fine, but we can't take any chances we have to restrain you in some way. Now, is there any, and I look at the others, is there any 
any place in here that we can at least keep him confined. Uh, what are you talking about, restraint? I'm not doing it. I'm talking about you. not tying you up or handcuffing you, which is what we'll have to do if we can't find some. I don't want to hurt you or, or make you uncomfortable, but you, you know stuff now. So, Jasper, where's Rex? Uh, Rex is in here with me. Like, like right at your side? Yeah. I'm assuming I've tied his leash to something. Bomb me a gun. <laughs> He's very heavy. So I could possibly... Yeah, although if he runs, I'm going to go... <laughs> Jerry, did you check his neck? Like like Cosra checked ours. Uh, no, actually, I didn't. I think we uh, should because we need to see if there's any kind of marks. We don't know what we're looking for, but I was Thank assuming you. that he had uh, misidentified the particulars. But you're What's right. I might as well. To do with any of this? Uh, I do, Jeff. Check his neck, and while I'm at it, I search him for weapons. I didn't bother with that before. He's like, he's like, get get your hands off. Why do you have something to hide? No. Well then, you I think little you must, liar. You must, then, Mr. Wendell, you, uh, I'm sure in your profession you know the drill. Uh, I think we're being yeah. too polite. Let's just. I, I, I get up in well, Israel. Anyway, get I up search in Israel, Jerry. Well, yeah. so. I'll help does he, does he really resist being searched a second time? Yeah, he, he's like, don't touch me. Get up. You know. All right. So I'm going to grab him and hold him so that mm. he's restrained. And say, I'm really sorry if you're if you're a good guy. Of course I'm a good guy. I'll tell you what, Mr. Wendell, if you are restrained and sensible, assuming uh, everyone survives our expedition here, you might have quite a lot to write about. Whether or not anyone else will believe you is a completely different matter. But you'll have an unforgettable experience, probably. So does he have anything on him, Jeff? Um, that includes other things. I, I'm past only caring if he has weapons. I'll probably take his notebook, you know, if he has interesting evidence or, yeah, basically just everything <laughs> that's not random money or pocket change or his ID. Right, he's... You start to pat him down, and in his uh, in his good leg, his other leg, uh, he's got a small twenty-two uh, down around his sock. Okay, take it. Is this a gun that I'm feeling here in your pants? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's way down here. Okay. <laughs> um, well, take his gun. And he actually is like. Okay, I hand the gun to, to Tuck. Okay. Well, well no, I'm 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 Oh, okay. So I hand it to. I'll take Ooh. it and I put I'll it in my pocket. Danny. Yeah. Yeah, I just put I'll it in my pocket. Uh, does he have anything else of interest, Jeff? Well, you said you're taking his notebook too. Oh yeah. So he's actually like not really upset that you took the gun, but he is very upset that you're taking his notebook. 
That's his. That's his life. That's his life. He's like, what you Wendell, are you re are you really concerned that we're going to uh, plagiarize your work? I, I start reading through the notebook, assuming his handwriting is legible, <laughs> and that he's not writing it in code or something. Um. No, I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah, it's it's um uh, scattered, right? It's almost like a shorthand, not not formal shorthand. Yeah. You know, like his own homegrown scribbles and notes and doodles. So it would take more than a casual scan to decipher it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll save it for later then. Uh, but he's, you know, he's, you've got a good grasp on him, Tug, but so he's not, he's not trying to struggle, but he, like, as soon as you let go, he's going to try to get his notebook back. All right. Um, he, he's very Stop upset. Struggling. Stop struggling. I'm not hurting you. Um, Jasper, Rex suddenly... Like he like braces himself, like kind of puts two front paws out on the ground, and like spreads them a little bit, and like crouches, and is like sudden kind of a jolt, and stops, like he's listening. Oh, I'm gonna sort of look at him and. Sounds like thunder. I'm, I'm going to back away from the door a little bit. What is it? What is it, Jasper? It's just the thunder. I don't like this. I... Is the front door still open? No, we closed it when we came in. The light's still on? Outside? Yeah, probably. Uh, Sarah, the scientist, is um, she's been helping patch up his leg, so she's been helping. Uh, you know, she's there. Everybody's there, but I'm just letting you know that Sarah's been trying to help out as best as she can with her. Somewhat, she's not a doctor per se, but she's got some medical biology. Sam, could you maybe just peek out the door and make sure everything's okay outside? Yeah, I mean, I guess the dog. I guess the dog would respond to the weather anyway, but it could be something else. Danny just kind of keeps replaying that scene the last time they were here when the people were pulled up into the darkness and disappeared. You know, so we know what's possible. <laughs> Anytime somebody says into the darkness, you get a bonus die. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I want to move Wendell over by the fireplace because it's kind of like the farthest spot from a door or a window uh, so that if he tries to jump up and run there's a dozen people in here that will grab him before he can get anywhere yeah okay see, so Mr. Wendell was there anyone else who knew you were headed out this way no no well 
you sit here and be quiet and we will try to keep you safe. And we will try to keep your notes safe. Well, you just give him back his notes. What do you mean perhaps, what I... perhaps, uh, perhaps not wanting to lose his uh, work is uh, as effective as being tied down. You, you talk too much, Mr. Wendell. Just stay there. That hurt. Well, he's a writer, not a talker. <laughs> uh, Sam goes to the front door. He opens it. He looks out. Very hard to see. It's like, I don't, I don't see or hear anything. All right. Well, let's keep... Might be nothing. We're all just freaked out because of Mr. Wendell here. In fact, nothing's happened, so... That's what Hazrex doing. Well, he seems a bit skittish. Doesn't seem to like the weather very much, but um, I guess other than that, he's okay. But, um, I'm, I'm not too sure. It's kind of kind of odd. Um, would everybody do uh, listen roll, please? <laughs> 95. 98. Too busy talking to Mr. Wendell. Look at Mr. Wendell. Uh, 51 and 9. Pass. Regular pass. He's got the pass. Danny, you, you've been taking all this in. You haven't necessarily been up in Mr. Wendell's face so much, so you're kind of You, you kind of like looking at Rex out of the corner of your eye. You're watching his odd behavior. Larry's watching Rex intently. Um, and then you hear another rumble of thunder. Uh, but, but it seems different. It seems, uh, it's almost like you felt it. Because it was so powerful, or because it felt close? You're not sure. It wasn't necessarily loud. Like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a crack of the lightning nearby and the thunder was like, bang, right there. It's more of that low, low frequency rumble that's like. Are we seeing any flashes when the thunder hits? Yeah, I mean, your, your shutters are closed. Uh, you got the spotlights on, but yeah, you know, within reason, you you would see what you expect to see. Guys, just I, I think I think they might be using the the weather to hide their activity. Maybe it's a big goat dancing around out there somewhere. I don't see that man. Uh, I think I think Danny is going to go to the back door and have a look out the back door with the pistol, and this time with a flashlight. Okay. Can, can I see in in terms of the dog's um, body language? Is he looking in a direction, or is it just a kind of general, you know, alert? It's difficult. 
demonstrate that because he's two-dimensional. So it doesn't... Uh, when you open the back door, Rex is like intently looking at the back door. You go... Are you going out at all? You're just standing in the doorway? Kind of in the doorway. I don't trust not being grabbed. I'm going to move over towards him and I look at Wendell and I'm like, Wendell's kind of like, what's going on? You know, suddenly you guys went from like interrogating and to now everybody's sort of like on edge. So there's like this feeling in the air. Uh, Danny, it's really hard to see. Even with the flashlight, the floodlights are kind of overpowering everything. Um, it's hard to hear. Can you do another listen roll? Just, yeah. Uh, the rest of you could also do a listen roll. You gotta see or hear or feel it. Oh, I got a oh. zero two this time. I got so. 99. Okay. <laughs> I got a 26. So, okay. no. At 99, the Tommy gun's gone off. No, Jasper, you're just imagining how cool it would be to hear the Tommy gun and all your thoughts drown out. Yeah, I'm just doing it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Eat uh, words, suckers. I'm going to fill you full of holes. That's what's going on in my brain at the moment. What does an ought to get me? Uh, okay, yeah, give me a second. I'm um, gonna write your obituary with a Chicago typewriter. <laughs> what is Rex tied to? Um, the Tommy gun. A dead mammoth, <laughs> dying mammoth. Some sort of fitting on the fireplace. Um, an escutcheon or um, a horvesh. Or an andar, uh, possibly. Uh, um, uh, what are those? Uh, an embartium. Okay. Colonial embartium. Uh, it's like a sort of you know a, a, an ornate embartium. Danny has no clue for Jasper's on about. There's some bit of ironwork, and I've tied him to that. It looks anything that looks solid, really. Yeah, understood. Failing that. that, I'll just tie him to Larry. Larry's <laughs> chair. Just around Larry's neck. <laughs> Rex is uh, now pulling on his leash like he's trying to get out the back door. And he's growling. Hair's, hair's stood up on his back. I'm, I'm going to try and calm him down. Uh, the other two. Yeah, sorry, only though. The lines of um, easy lad, calm down. Okay. And, and similar. All right. Jerry, you definitely felt the same thing I described to Danny a second ago. So it's a combination of, it's more a sense of a very low rumble that you feel versus not so much that you hear it. Danny's assuming that uh, Sam's still over near the, door, the other door and he says, Sam, Pull the light switch on one. Guys, get your torches ready. 
Three, two, one. And so the idea is that to stop this reflection, but to have the beams going out the back door with the pistol ready, you know, with the, looking at what the dog's doing, there's must be something out there, you know. So Sam hits the light switch. The outside goes dark. Pouring rain. You're looking kind of squinting. You get rain's getting in your eyes. Do a spy hidden. All of us? Anybody who's looking. Yeah. Yeah, past. Past. I think I'm um, preoccupied with trying to. Uh, yeah, I passed calm the dog down. Yep. Jeff, I didn't go get a flashlight, so I'll have two hands free for the rifle. So, okay. I'm, but I'm looking at where they're aiming. Okay. And, You're still uh, inside the house, though, right? Yeah, um, but I'm, I'll approach the back door enough to see out of it. Okay. In the kitchen, I guess, then? Well, um, uh, assuming I can, it, it, does it go right up to the kitchen? Yeah, in other words, the kitchen, yeah. the back door is in the kitchen. Okay, and... yeah, so I'm already, yeah, in. I, 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 I'm in the kitchen. Okay. And Tug, where are you? I'm right behind Danny, because I walked over to him while he was at the door. Okay, in the doorway right behind him. Yeah, Okay. looking over his uh, right shoulder. You guys are looking at Tally. Did you bring a flashlight, Tug? No. Okay, that's right, you just finished kind of roughing right. him up a little bit. Um, Danny, you kind of like sweeping real slow with the flashlight going across. Really hard to see. But suddenly some movement catches your eye. Like some something might be in the bushes moving around. Does any successful check reveal that, Jeff? spot hidden well that that was the answer to the previous spot hidden. okay yeah um jasper why don't you let the dog go and we'll, we'll go after it whatever it is it might be a person but who knows not letting my dog go out there tug i'm i'm running for this thing you back me up if you go i go I'll be right behind you. Well, what? Watch out for the traps. We got traps back here too. Sam, when we say go, put the light on. If it's a person or another creature, it might startle them. I don't know. I'm going for the, and I say to tug it's that bush. All right. And Jeff, I'm already aiming at the bush. Guys, three, two, one, go! <laughs> run, run! I keep the torch in my hand though as well in case it just helps. Right. Uh, and um, hopefully Sam puts the floodlights on so we can see where we're running. Okay. And Jeff, uh, I'm not rushing after them, but I'm approaching at a decent pace, uh, appropriate for still maintaining a good shot, realizing that whatever it is might run out of the bushes. Okay. Are you exiting the building? You're, you're yeah. following them that way, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Danny, you pull the Leroy Jenkins. Lights come on, flash the skylights up. 
You're running towards that bush where you thought you saw movement just a minute ago. And as you get about maybe 10 or 15 steps out into the rain, your eyes adjust to the light. You look, is that, is it, how could that be? The whole, there's a tree in front of you and the tree is moving. What the? So and like in the wind or moving ridiculously? Moving towards you. I, I, I grab a hold I of you. I scream. <laughs> I'm like, ah! Well, what do I see, Jeff? I'm, and you're, I'm behind them. You're behind them. You're seeing this too, but maybe just not quite as clear. I'm going to roll to kind of self-control to see if I light off a bullet or not by accident. Okay. Oh, 93. So uh, I let a bullet fly. Yeah. Okay. And I kind of grab a hold of Danny's hand with his flashlight mm -hmm. and, and point it up the tree. Okay. Is it really a tree or is it a goat's foot? <laughs> <laughs> well, now thinking. that you mention it, <laughs> what you thought was a tree has hair and has a cloven hoof at the end of it. It's the fucking super goat. <laughs> it slams down its hoof in the muck and the mud and it leaves a huge imprint. I, I, at that point, I just grab a hold of Danny and I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, after that first bullet, I think I'm screaming and firing, firing, firing at it. Just panicking. Uh, and and Tug can pull me wherever he wants to, but I'm just like bang, 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 bang. Okay. Um, Jerry, do you have your wits about you at this moment? Yeah. Uh, well, you haven't specified that I can see what it is. I know Danny is shooting at something. You hear me, the, young uh, super goat. <laughs> yes, and so um, I don't fire yet, but I am. A, I'm. I'm trying to discern that it's a goat, a giant goat, because that's what Tug said, and I'm trying to see if I can make out the head. Can I make out the head? Jasper, what are you doing? You still inside? Um, well, I mean, I was I was um, hanging back because I'd been um, I'd been uh, uh, trying to um, reassure my dog. Mm -hmm. um, so now I've emerged into into the door um, to see this happening. Um, what can I see from where I am? I mean, I've got a slight, if I'm hanging back, I've got a slightly sort of broader panorama on this. Yeah. Um, you, um, you hear Tug say super goat. And of course, with <laughs> recent uh, run-in with the hoof prints that put you on edge, you think that split second where you're like is he messing with you like is he just trying to scare you you know like you just he knows how you felt about Don't standing in that track put me on edge i've got the tommy gun all of the guns going off so the gunshots go off from danny danny were you were you like of mind enough to shoot with like are you aiming and shooting or are you just like getting pulled and just like firing over your shoulder and I think I would have been 
I think whatever Tug's doing, I'm literally, you know, if if he's pulling me, I'm not turning around. I'm staring at whatever it was that loomed out of the darkness, and I'm like, bang, bang. I mean, I'm trying to aim and shoot. Okay. So I think I would say, you know, within that period of time, if it makes sense, I'd have probably fired off a shot just out of surprise. Yeah. And after that, I'm just load, unloading the chamber okay. out, out of fear. All right, so here's what I'll do. So, Jasper, you're standing there. You're getting a little bit of a wider view. You're seeing Tug and Danny out there, you know, maybe about 20, 30 feet from the back of the house. You're seeing the flashlight kind of like shakily getting tossed and turned. You know, Danny's trying to hold it and Tug's trying to grab it. Tug grabs the light for a split second and like tries to shine the light up to see what this thing is or what it looks like and in that moment the gunshots go off the remaining you empty the rest of your, the bullets in your gun and you hear this god-awful howl uh, bellowing is it's how it's described uh, it sounds kind of like I think a I, it sounds more like I think the, the term the way I described it last time, it sounds like if you took about, I don't know, 10 or 20 cows, lined them all up in a row, and then just started torturing them all at the same time. The sound that they would make from being tortured in pain is the sound of your Horrendous. Danny screams, it's a goat of Mendes! <laughs> the devil himself! <laughs> Don't look into his eyes, Danny. Sorry, Jeff. So can I actually see anything yet, or is it just a big map? Yeah, so now, so the way I'm going to do this is now, as this is all unfolding, this is what you all are taking in. So the first thing you notice, the big, huge goat of print comes out of the woods, basically. Lands in the ground towards you, like it's coming towards you. Uh, the flashlight makes its way up. You don't see a head. You see kind of what looks like a tree, right? This big, round, massive body. Um, and in the flashing of the flashlight, you know, it's not, it's not that powerful of a light. You think you're seeing mouths, sharp teeth, a bunch of them. And that's what's creating this god-awful noise, is that each mouth is letting out this beastly moaning and screaming and, and then it, as you get up towards the top it's not really even a head per se it's almost like all those branches are tentacles and they're just sort of whipping around some of them are moving slow almost purposely and then other smaller skinnier ones that are coming out from the center are just kind of like whipping around in the rain in the rain the wind um you roll I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, I'm going to ask for a sanity roll, sorry. Oh. I actually passed that, bizarrely. Nope. Ah, 92. I, pa I pass. The cursed dice. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say for a pass. Let's do a 1d4 
four. Oh, that means for a fail, it's gonna be bad. A fail is one. Ten. One D ten. Here we go. Goodbye, Tug. <laughs> uh oh. Oh boy. Oh, it's gonna fit in. Oh, the suspense. Um, nine points. Whew. Do I do oh. an uh, intelligence roll? Um, do you remember when I was asking to keep track of your daily? Yeah. I think that's going to push you over that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So when that happens, I've learned a little bit more of the rules. When that happens, you don't get to roll the... Intelligence, I just drop it, I go. There's no turning away from what you're looking at, right? It's all... Um, I also probably remember from the book maybe mm. a drawing or an illustration or something. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Jasper, what did you roll? Um, I failed and then I rolled a four. A four, okay. Not, not far. Just, well, borderline. I'm not happy. I mean, yeah. I haven't officially gone into any temporary insanity, but I'm bloody close. Now, another thing I've I'm moving to Norway. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of it. You're making mental plans as we... Yep. I'm not going to have anything to do with these people again in the future. <laughs> Any of them. Um, so something else I learned with the rules, when the sanity loss takes currency, you almost always do some sort of involuntary action. Right. Um, I always assumed that was more for like when you get a massive, like a five loss, but it's, it's any sanity loss can trigger that. Tug, give me some, throw some ideas out. What do you what do you think you're doing? Well, I actually rolled on the table because it's on my wall. I got phobia or hallucination, but that doesn't seem like it's. That's yeah. That's more of the result for like a permanent, uh, which we can probably. That's probably going to definitely happen. So that's not a wasted roll. My guess is, well, what I would do is I've got Danny in my hands. I've got to get in the house. I've got to get Danny in the house. I'm going to be screaming for Larry, calling, calling reinforcements. Super goats here. And I don't know. I think I might pass out because I just took I am suddenly down to 15 okay. sanity points. I think the stress would just knock me out. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to I'm going to change that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, of course. All right. I've got an idea. Um, Danny, how much did you lose? Well, I passed and rolled a three, but because of the situation, I don't really think it would be that worth it. I mean, I think I think this Danny literally. I, I I really thought I was running in to jump on something in a bush, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm loving that imagery. And like, oh, and then suddenly you're like. And so I rolled a d10. See what the difference would be, and I rolled a nine. So even if I average that, it's say it's about a six. Yeah. I I don't I don't think anybody would be in the right mind after running out and and that hence offloading the gun. 
I think Danny is is Tug does a good job of pulling me back. I'm just screaming it at the top of my voice. Grenades! 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 You know, because the the big thing when we left Abelard was we've got these really powerful weapons. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I think I'm absolutely terrified. I was not expecting this at all. Didn't think Super Goat was coming here. No. He lives up there. In the woods. Uh, can you just do me a favor? Could you write your three points? Like, note it on the side. Yeah. I might come back to that later. Uh, maybe the rest of you could do that, too. Um, Tug, you don't have to. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, so let me get a sense. Um, Jerry, how much did you lose? I only lost one. Only one. Wow. Now, my last bad experience with this kind of situation, uh, gunshots and a tentacle-faced horror involved missing it and running away in blind panic. Uh, Jerry, however, having done the best anyone could do with their sanity in this situation and only being as low as 60 and having already primed himself for occult horrors is determined to not lose his nerve or wits, uh, that may or may not explain uh, doing something that anybody else would regard as quite insane, which is uh, concentrating as much as he can on a uh, goat-appropriate inverted pentagram down the barrel of his gun and mm-hmm. trying to look at square and whatever it's, wherever its face should be mm-hmm. and uh, intending it to stop advancing on him. He wants to see if he can, I don't know, mentally uh, touch it. Uh, and if it just keeps charging him, he'll probably shoot it in the face. Because he isn't, you know, doesn't really believe in this stuff that much, but mm. enough to try when he's sure that witches were involved. Did, enough to try. Does it have a face? Also, Jeff, I have the spell, right? So if trying to contact it the way I contacted the Migo doesn't work, uh, I'll probably just start uh, saying the spell and trying to improve my firearms accuracy because. Like I said, I don't think I don't think Jerry is thinking about this that far ahead, but he's not just going to start shooting without at least trying to uh, okay. oppose it uh, less physically. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to answer your question in a second there, Jasper. Can you tell me what you're? How are you reacting now, Jasper? Um, I'm sort of quaking quite a lot. Um, I think I want to fire the Tommy gun at it, but um, I can't seem to look away from it. I'm trying to work out what I'm actually looking at. And it it doesn't seem to make sense. Um, But I'm just at the moment, do you know, I think actually um, I'm going to make a power roll. I should elect to make a power roll. And, um, I've passed that. So I'm sort of stealing myself, and next turn I'm going to fire the... Um, at the moment I'm just sort of 
trying to do something other than just staring slack-jawed in disbelief at this thing. Okay. All right, so in this moment, you know, this is all happening quickly. In this moment, Tug has gone into almost a full panic mode. Danny, he's reached out, he's grabbed your wrist with the flashlight. He's got a grip on your wrist, like the jaws of life, you know, this, it, he's got a hold of your wrist, you're not going anywhere. Tug takes off running towards the back door. Uh, Jerry, you are in Tug's way. Tug does not seem to care much about that. Um, Danny, you're barely, you know, you're barely, he's almost dragging you, so you're trying to keep your balance. You're trying to keep your eye on that thing that's you just saw. As far as you know, your gunshots, maybe they all missed, maybe they hit. Jerry, you at the moment see a mass of arms and legs, and not the beast, but Tug and Danny are coming right at you. Well, can I step out of the way? Do a dex roll for me, please. No, I, I can't. I uh, fail the dex roll. Okay. Uh, by a lot, did you? Uh, 68 for 55. Alright, so what I'm going to say is um, in that split second that you were sort of trying to mentally reach out, uh, you're right on the edge of trying to communicate versus pulling the trigger, and in that split second, Tug and Danny sort of clobber into your shoulder and just sort of knock you, like, knock you off this. You weren't really paying attention to yeah. them. So they just sort of knock you and spin you about a little bit. So you're still standing up. It's just a matter of... Damn it, what the hell are you doing? Oh, I don't know. We're just going for a walk, hand in hand. <laughs> Grenades! Grenades! Um... When you start yelling that, Sam is making his way to the pile of grenades that you had set up. Uh, he's running to, to the box of grenades. He's, he's grabbing a handful, as many as he can hold. Um, Mr. Wendell is just... He doesn't know what's going on, so he's just still sitting there. Tug, he's telling him to sit still. He's sitting still. He's just heard gunshots. He's like... Larry is calling frantically on the radio. Um... Jasper, I'm going to give you another chance to react again. How do you want to? Where, where is this thing now, and what is it currently doing? Okay, so it's it's kind of like right at the tree line. Its first hoof came out of the trees, landed square in the backyard, and it's it's continuing to move forward. Not necessarily very fast, but it's huge and massive. So just one step, one one step. They could cover quite a bit of ground. Um, you do a quick mental calculation, and you know, three or four steps, it's going to be at the back door. You've got Tug and Danny sort of coming directly towards you. You're sort of in the doorway, so you also are sort of in Tug's way. Um, 
but it's it's sort of it's from what you say it's sort of it's large enough that um, I could fire over the top of it. Oof! Over sorry, over the top of them running towards me. Yeah, yeah, and still hit it. You could. Um, a little bit risky. Okay, I'm going to wait until they're past me. Okay. And then um, I'm, well, I'm going to take a couple of steps forward so that they're going to get past me soon. And then as soon as they get past me, I'm going to sort of um, head backwards towards the door, okay. which I imagine will be very easy if I'm firing a submachine gun because <laughs> I'll be kind of propelled backwards. So I'll be able to let the recoil push me backwards as I just um, as I open up. <laughs> Is that your intent? You're going to just let it fly? Let it. Yeah. As soon as they're out of the way, I'm just going to sort of just empty the drum into it. Okay. Jerry's still out there. He's off to the side though. He just got knocked to the side by Tug. So I would I won't say he's a clear direct. He's not in your bullet path okay but he's not exactly safe he's not behind you is what i'm trying to say um well i'm going to initially let off one burst and then see what happens because we must bear in mind that i've never fired a tommy gun okay before um if memory serves i had asked you guys to write down a percentage for the tommy gun and i said i was going to use delta green rules did you happen to write that down it should be like 10, 20, or 30 percent. Mine says 20 percent. Okay. I don't know if I gave you all the same thing or if. Mine's 20. Right, right under fire on. One, two, That's three, where I wrote Oh. I've also got 20 percent. Okay. I probably just gave you the same, same amount for everybody then. Uh, so go ahead and roll a d10. Oh, I have it too. Yeah. You have 22. Okay, good. 20 also. Roll the d10. Uh, d100. A d100. Eddie needs a new parachute. Oh, I've got 22 out of. Uh, yeah, so the 40 doesn't apply. It's just the oh, 20. Right, okay. um, I've got 22 out of 20. <laughs> okay. So that's going to be a miss. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the Delta green with the doubles because that, that would be a great miss. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a different game. That would be yeah, that's, 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 that's maybe that. going a little bit too far. Well, okay, so what I'm going to say is you, you know, let off the first round, you're firing kind of like into the night, you know, it's like just trying to hit wherever. You're not necessarily aiming at anything in particular. Jerry, you are, just got spun around. You're trying to refocus your weapon again, I'm assuming. Um, I don't know if I'd bother re-aiming the weapon now. Okay. Um, I'd be more concerned to try and like restore my ability to perceive 
and I probably realize that it doesn't. Does it even really have a head? Yeah, that's what I'm just going to just going to answer that question. Uh. In the flash of a lightning bolt that just goes off, it lights up the woods and the forest enough that you can get a kind of a clear picture. And Jasper, you're seeing this clearly. There's no head. It's just a mass of writhing, okay. wriggling. Alright, then yeah, I'm not concerned about trying to just shoot it with a rifle. Um, if I if I have a glimpse of the whole thing at once, uh, I'm just putting all my concentration into somehow uh, intending that it should stop advancing on us uh, and see what happens. Could you do a Cthulhu Mythos roll? But that might happen instead of a pass check. Uh, well, I totally failed. I mean, I only have seven and I rolled a 65. Okay. Um, Tug, I'm going to say that you kind of like run it, so I'm sort of controlling your character a little bit, but I'm hand it over to you in a second. I'm just picturing you sort of like in panic mode, full panic mode. You know, you're just trying to get away from this thing. In your mind, the house is safety. So you're trying to get to the house, you're getting in through the back door, scrambling to get to the back door. You're not even, you can't think far enough to head to let go dangerous. So you've just got like a vice-like grip on his wrist. You managed to get yourself just inside the kitchen. What would you like to do now? Am I still partly rational at least? I'll say partly. I'm gonna the what I'm gonna override and have you do is that like it's you're gonna have a hold of Danny's arm for a little bit. Okay. Um, I I'm actually thinking what what's going through my head is that here's the battle. And I'm still in that weird protection mode. And I, 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 I think I'm going to look over at Wendell. And I'm going to point at the front door. And I'm going to say, go, go home, go home. Don't look back. You're dead if you stay here. And he's hearing all this gunshots going on and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, Wendell has not seen anything. Run for your fucking life. <laughs> he, um, he, he's, he's listening to you, but he's not necessarily reacting. He's like a deer in headlights. Like, you know, he's trying to he's trying to put this all together and say, like, what are these guys shooting at? Why is everybody in such a panic? What, so what? If, I, if I see him hesitating, I'm gonna stomp my foot and say, "Go!" <laughs> um, Jerry, what did you do with his notebook? Did you put it in my uh, pocket? Yeah, in his pocket. All right, he's not calling to tug. He starts to like move towards the front door, and then he remembers that he doesn't have his notebook, so he stops and he turns around. He's looking for Jerry. 
Um, Sam comes up to your side, Jasper. Do you want to do anything else? You want to unload your second round? Um, no, as soon as he uh, gets to, to my side, um, I'm going to um, bolt towards the door with him. You're going to bolt the door? I'm going to bolt towards the door. Towards it, okay. Because Jerry's still outside, I'm just saying. And, and uh, as I'm doing it, I'm, I'm going to be shouting at the, at the absolute um, top of my lungs, the grenades, get the grenades. <laughs> you and Danny have a chorus going there. I'm not, I'm not mocking the idea of the grenades anymore. <laughs> I've changed my mind. I might go for the grenades too. Get the grenades. Danny, what are you doing? You, you you don't have a whole lot of choice here. You you could. I'm shouting. I'm, I'm shouting in Tug's face. Get the grenades, and I'm trying to get towards where the grenades are. Not it's the only thing that I can think I can do. All right. I've I've even given up shooting. You know, it's just like I don't know what else to do. Okay, I'll, I'll probably let go of his hand now and and towards the grenades. Okay. Uh, Jerry. Do I know I've made a Cthulhu Mythos check, or did I fail so badly that that's just a... No, you don't. Rolled. Yeah. Yeah, that was just the mechanics I wanted to yeah. play out in my head, really. Yeah. Um, you're pausing, but now I wanted to see if you're of the right mind to realize that the second hoof has come out of the forest, out of the wood line. And it's still progressing towards you. Kind of quicker now. You don't have long to react. Well, I assume that didn't work and that shooting it is futile. Uh, I run for the house. Okay. You turn your back and you hear the bellows again, this thing that's out in the middle. Horrific noise. You feel the ground under your feet, Jerry, start to shake and rumble. Jasper, did you say you were going to get the grenades, or you're just yelling grenades? I timed that perfectly as you brought that up to your mouth. Who are you asking? I was asking Jasper. I was trying to figure I, out. I'm yelling, get grenades. Everybody's shouting, get grenades. <laughs> my, my, resolve, my resolve to stand there firing, as soon as Sam sort of got level with me, I thought, Sam, big man, who knows what he's doing, is running away from him. <laughs> I am not going to stand here being the hero if he is running away from it. <laughs> I'm going with him. Well, all right, so I'm going to change that up a little bit. In that moment of time, after your first round of machine gun, that gave him enough time. He grabbed his first handful of grenades. So as you finish that first round of uh, gunfire, Sam is now approaching you from behind and getting right up pretty much next to you. And he, you see him out of the corner of your eye. You see him pull the pin. And he yells grenade, and he lobs it. Jerry is just coming in the back door just as he lets go of the grenade. Uh, Get down. The back door 
Sam tried to grab the back door and close it, like, you know, it was a throw and a slam, but he, he his hand slipped. It, it, so the door just kind of like moved a couple inches. The door's open. The grenade gets tossed out and towards the back of the middle of the backyard. This thing is now boom, 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 boom. It's, it's like running at the house. Jasper, you see this thing coming at you, the house. You're seeing this happen. Jerry, you've got your back to the door. You're, you're like, just get in the door. The other guys are all... Am I back to the door or am I back to the thing? Uh, you, meaning you're not facing the door. Your back is to the door. So you, like, run in just as all this is happening. You see Danny and Tug all oh, okay. the, yeah. at the grenade box. Yeah. You see, um, in the midst of all of this... You see Larry over on the radio, and he just keeps pushing the button over and over again. B team, come in. B team, B team. Where are you, B team? If I survive this, I'm going to shoot the B team. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, what's it, what's it told me? I'm going to burn them to death, burn their bodies. <laughs> and I'm going to shoot them again. Bloody useless. They're not really mercenaries, are they? They just said they were. They're bakers. Yeah. Nothing buyers. The grenade is almost timed perfectly so that just as this thing is approaching the house, the grenade goes off. Loud explosion. Dirt, mud, muck, everything comes flying through the back door, splatters Jasper. Rex is going crazy. Rex is Bruce Spark and just adding to the chaos. Uh, Sarah and Drake are there, but they're basically useless. They're just, they didn't see a lot of what was happening. So they've been able to piece together, though, that it's not good. <laughs> Grenades. You hear another bellow of the noise, and this thing slams into the back of the house. Hear the things hitting the roof. It's, it's like, well, it's, it's like somebody took a bunch of small trees and saplings and just starts smacking the side of the house. The doorway starts to give. You see the, the, you know, it's just recently been reinforced. That's what those workers were there doing. Some of those big wooden beams that they put in, they're moving. What do you guys want to do? Uh, am I able to? Is, is the door shut now, or? It's still open. Uh, am I able to look back and see whether or not the grenade looks like it did any damage to it? Really hard to tell. It's huge hoof is almost filling the entire back doorway. Still still outside, but like but that's that means, all you can see almost. And do I think that's its, fr that's its front hoof, or is it already partly past the house? Uh, it's still completely at the back of the house. Okay. So it's not. It's not past it. Um, is there? Uh, are there any windows positioned upstairs such that it would be possible to throw things at something that was this large behind the house? Um. 
think that's reasonable. There's two bedrooms upstairs. I, I think it's reasonable there would be a back window. I think I remember in an earlier episode, Jeff, there was a, I think I used a window on the landing to see, look out the back to see what was happening. Okay. Toss a grenade in its mouth. That's exactly what I'm, uh, do you say that in character, Tom? Yeah, I yell that out. I say, I'm on that. Uh, I grab, uh, how many grenades are left in the box, Jeff, or is it a pile, or oh. what's that? Let's check that real quick. I think there's 20. Well, we've only used one. <laughs> okay, but are they all together in a box or a pile? Yeah. Or? It was a case. So there was okay. a case of 24 in total. Oh, Sam, okay. has, Sam has grabbed a handful. So I'm thinking three in one hand one in the other, so the one that he threw. So he took four. There's 20 in the box. Danny and Tug are there ahead of you. They're grabbing grenades too. All right, leave some in the box. I'm taking it upstairs. Yeah, well, I think when we arrive, I'm grabbing about three as much as I can kind of sensibly hold and have the same kind of idea as Jerry, get get to a window somewhere. I don't want to go near the back door, but just start lobbing stuff out. I uh, before they do that, I'm going to grab the flare gun. Okay, and I'm going to run to the back door, which you said is still open. Mm -hmm. See the thing there, and I'm going to insanely sort of lean out of the door really quick and fire the flare gun right up into the thing. Hopefully whatever it is gets lodged there and lights the whole thing up so we can see it and throw the grenades into it. Are you grabbing the grenades and the flare gun? Uh, I've got one grenade in one hand and the flare gun in the other. Okay. Um, do me a favor, just write down on your sheet one grenade, one flare gun. Danny, how many are you grabbing? Three? Three, I think. So that means if the rest of those guys are, Jasper, did you want to grab any or? Um, I've got my hands full with the, uh, the Tommy gun. Okay. So Jerry, you pretty much have a whole case of about maybe 10, 10 or 12. All right. All right, well, I pick it up. I, uh, I probably don't bother to keep hold of the rifle. Uh, I just toss it down. I, uh, pick up the box and uh, rush up the stairs to the back window that I know about. Um, just as you do that, Wendell steps in front of you. He says, give me my notebook. Uh, can I still hold on to the thing with a free hand? Uh, it's a case. So it's like carrying a case of beer. You're going to have the, like two hands. I, I said, Follow me upstairs. I'll give it to you then. My hands are full. Give it to me now. I'm running. I'm getting out of here. Uh, you'll probably die then. Uh, and I just keep running up the stairs. Well, he's he's blocking your way. He's not letting you pass until you... Knock uh, him down. Yeah, I, knock him down. I, I knock him down if I can with the case. Just rush, just full rush past him. Give me a uh, fighting brawl. Uh, success. 
success. Okay. You manage to uh, power through him. You knock him to the side. He he does kind of like what you just did. He you know you spun him about on his heel. Um, so you take off running up the top of the steps. He's yelling at you, and he starts chasing up after you. Tug, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I know you. I'm, I'm. I meant that as in like, what are you doing? I'm. I'm. I want to shed some light on this thing so that we can take better aim or whatever. Did I interpret that that you're trying to shoot it up in the air? I'm so trying to shoot trying... it like up. If if the thing is legs, into the body. Yeah. I'm shooting it right up into its hairy body. I don't expect it to go in, but it might get lodged and light the whole thing up. Maybe catch, catch him on fire. Maybe shoot it into one of its mouths. Or worse. Or its butthole. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you to do a... Remember, I'm insane at this point. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask you to do a firearms roll. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to do a penalty dice with it, so take whatever one's worse. Danny, what are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm trying to open up the window on the landing of the stairs to okay. start lobbing things out. So okay. I guess pretty much Jerry and myself are really close. Oh. My gun firing is not very good, so no. Okay. Jasper, Sam grabs you by the arm and he says come with me let's go around the side of the house I'm going to throw some more of these grenades at it um, I'm going to go with him are you? okay Yeah. I wasn't expecting that well I'm working on the, the logic at this point that A. Sam knows what he's doing no one else does <laughs> and B. Um, the thing is attacking the house. Hmm. So going outside around the side of the house, probably better than being in the house. A little mm -hmm. bit annoyed, uh, a little bit upset that I left my dog in the house. Though. Is the dog still tied up? He is. I should really let him uh, go. But I'm, I'm worried that something will get him. I'm going to give you... Sam has Sam has grabbed you like come on let's go like he's like grabbed you by the shirt kind of like pulling tugging at you, um, so he doesn't it's not like he's trying to like manhandle you he's he's just kind of like you know in in the heat of the moment like come on let's go. Could you tell me like do you think that would be to get away do you think that would be more of a dex for you or more of a strength? Um, oh I think dex I think I'm more of a wiry sort of. So I'm going to say, why don't you do a dex roll to see if you can kind of like weasel your way out of his grip, and then I'll give you a chance to free Rex. I have rolled 70, and my dex is 80. Ooh, nice. He's my highest attribute. So Sam doesn't even really, like, it doesn't register in Sam's mind. You know, he just feels you pull away, and he's like, well, come on. And he, so Sam's running towards the front door now. You sort of like pull away, run back, grab the leash, frantically untie it from your 
the bottom. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of putting, as, I, as I've mentioned before, I'm, I'm putting it around myself and fastening it to me. So he's attached to me. Tug. Um, oh, sorry. And, and then um, I'm just going to, if I get the opportunity, I'm, I'm, or when I get the opportunity, I'm, I'm going to fire the Tommy gun um, uh, at the, the hoof that's uh, blocking the, the back door. Meaning, not from in the house, you mean? You mean when we want to get outside? Yeah. Okay, all right. All right, Tug, uh, you managed to fire off the flare. You're like up close and personal to that hoof, right? You can smell the stench coming off of this thing. The mouths are above you, more along its body. And as you kind of like glance up to aim, you see a bunch of these mouths just chattering teeth. You pull the trigger of the flare gun, the flare shoots off, it just ricochets off one of those flapping tentacle things. Okay. And it just shoots off and it goes up in the air, but at like a 45 degree angle. And then does it light up the area? Yes, it does. Okay. At that point though, one of the tentacles comes down, whips around you, just missing you. Comes in the back door, squirming, wiggling. Sarah manages to get grabbed. This thing grabs around her foot and starts pulling her out the door. Okay. Uh, if I see that, I'm gonna. If if I have enough time to react, it depends on how fast it's pulling her. But well, I, you're gonna have a full week to react. Aha. End it there. It'd be like this for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to do any last minute? No, I think we can hang it right, right there. Okay. Our players included Mick Swan, George C, Ken Trench, and myself with Jeff Wilkins as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with our show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, subscribe to our channel, and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. And we're also on Twitter now, so follow us on Twitter. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.